Hello, welcome to Facts and Figures City Watch on the Air. We're going to be speaking about all things business, and we'll be doing that with Carmen Cole of the Puncinelli Law Firm here in Los Angeles, and we'll be doing that right after this. City Watch on the Air is heard each week to a local and worldwide audience exactly what a business like yours needs to attract customers to your product or service. And we can create and air a 30-second commercial for your business in one week for as little as $100. If you don't believe us, call us at 866-708-7189. 866-708-7189. Hello, we are back, of course, and we are with Carmen Cole of Poncinelli Law Firm here in Los Angeles, which is a national firm with an international tie. We thank you so much for being with us today on City Watch. Thanks for having me. Let's talk uh, quickly about the lead-in I had here, which we had a conversation with James Wong of the EDD uh, a few months back regarding independent contractors. And the simplest explanation we had was that an independent contractor was somebody who basically had brought their own skills, expertise, tools, and whatever is necessary to your particular question or complaint. They took care of it, and they left. Uh, but that's been more widely defined now, I think, yes, by the California Supreme Court? That's absolutely right. Um, Mr. Wong's uh, sort of summary of what an independent contractor is, is is consistent with what it has traditionally been um, in California for the last several decades. In fact, the California Supreme Court set forth a test for it in a case called the S&G Barillo and Sons versus Department of Industrial Relations. And that test involves balancing of several different factors, namely the ones that you just described. Uh, but more recently, uh, in April of this year, the California Supreme Court actually um, introduced a more uh, challenging test to establish independent contractor status, at least for purposes of applying the California industrial wage orders. Um, and under that test, the balancing, as we once knew it, is, is gone. Instead of balancing factors, now the California Supreme Court is requiring each of three different factors to be met. Um, the first being the right to control, uh, meaning the independent contractor really is uh, a free agent. They're not treated like a, a traditional employee in that they come and go when they want, they do their own scheduling, they handle their own equipment. Um, they truly are uh, an independent, uh, uh, free from control type of worker. The second, uh, prong of the analysis is that the work that the worker is performing is outside the scope of the employer's um, bottom line or outside the scope of the employer's typical business, which is to say that if a company is in the business of, um, for example, manufacturing clothing, then the work that the independent contractor does can't have, can't be work or can't be duties that actually go to their bottom line. In other words, they can't be, for example, a seamstress working from home or somebody preparing labels on some, you know, separately, because that ultimately goes to the company's bottom line, which is clothing manufacturing. And then the final test or the final prong of this three-part test is whether the worker is engaged in some sort of independent business. In other words, they sort of have their own uh, enterprise going separately, separate and apart from the hiring entity. And sometimes things like 
being incorporated or having to maintain a license or um, having your own advertisements or working for several different hiring entities is, is indicia of, of being an independent business. So those are the three factors that the California Supreme Court is now saying must be present for a worker to be classified as an independent contractor as opposed to just balancing those three factors. So the idea being that a plumber can't come in and work for, uh, say, the, the water company or something like that. Is that what we're talking about? Right, right. Okay, okay. Uh, one of the things I'm concerned with, and I know that a lot of the people listening are, uh, is this independent contractor versus employee situation that's been a kind of a bugaboo uh, of ours, I say ours when I say other entrepreneurs, uh, for a while in understanding this. Now, does this ruling that you just mentioned, does this make it more clear for a business person to to work and understand, or does this require more reading on the part of the business owner to understand it more clearly? Well, I think that the rule is definitely more clear uh, because it's taken away sort of this gray balancing area. The rule is more concrete. It's the application that is going to be difficult. And I think the fallout from this case is that, you know, some people have gone so far as to say that the Dynamex ruling has essentially made the independent contractor relationship in California extinct because it's very difficult for those industries and those workers who typically uh, utilize or work as independent contractors to meet all three of the factors. They may, for example, meet one or two quite well. And in the old days of the Borello standard, that would be enough to push the needle over to the independent contractor status. Now, the California Supreme Court is requiring all three in equal measure, which is a tough, tough hurdle uh, to climb for most independent contractors or people who have worked traditionally as independent contractors. So if you're a business person now and you are interested in working with independent contractors or people you believe to be independent contractors, and you're looking at this standard of what do you say to yourself? What do you say? Do you say, I think I understand this? Or are we talking about needing uh, a lawyer with your expertise to, to kind of go over this and make sure that they are, are in careful compliance? Well, I would recommend because uh, the risk uh, of getting this wrong, the risks associated with it are, are potentially very high and damaging to, to especially a small business. Um, and of course, I, I'm, I can't offer legal advice here uh, uh, in this piece, but I would say that because the analysis can be tricky, uh, it's always in the best interest to consult with an experienced employment lawyer, particularly one in California who's familiar with these types of issues. We come in contact with them at Polsonelli every day. Um, and uh, talking through the analysis and talking through what the specific job duties are and talking through what the day-to-day -day activities are going to mean for this person is really part of the analysis. It's not, it's not a one-size-fits-all proposition, right? It takes um, consulting with counsel to really um, take you through the analysis, explain what the risks are, and then make a recommendation. Generally speaking, when there is some doubt, when there is some some concern about whether uh, the independent contractor status will apply, my general advice uh, is to err on the side of uh, treating a, a worker as an employee. Um, there's never going to be uh, a, a problem if you assume 
that the worker is is an employee. The problem with that, uh, for I think most industries that would prefer to utilize independent contractors, is all the things that come along with employee status under California law, which means um, an entitlement to overtime, the uh, ability to bring certain claims under the Fair Employment and Housing Act for discrimination and retaliation, um, increased tax responsibility for the employer. So those are all the reasons why employers typically like to use independent contractors. But if you have misclassified someone, especially under this new standard, the, the fallout and the penalties uh, under those uh, specific criteria can be great. So err on the side, I think, of um, treating everyone as an employee post-Dynamex. I should say, and I, I should have mentioned this before, uh, one of the, well, three of the, the major uh, disciplines that you have over at Bosinelli is to, uh, to handle uh, employee employment advice and training, employee uh, litigation, as well as labor and employment. So I want people to listen to, to, to the lady carefully because she does do this all the time. Uh, yeah, every day. <laughs> uh, Tell me a little bit, I, in the last couple of minutes here, uh, I know that you're involved in several things uh, besides this particular part of your practice. Uh, you're also involved in, uh, in uh, the uh, Black Women uh, Lawyers of Los Angeles, uh, amongst several other things. Uh, you're very interested in giving back, I think, to the community a bit, yes? Yes, definitely. Um, Black Women Lawyers is a great organization here uh, in Los Angeles that really, I think, does a good job of uh, reaching out and creating a community for uh, women of color in the practice of law. I'm also uh, a Board of Advisors member for the Pepperdine University School of Law, my alma mater, um, and I serve on that board as uh, basically an advisor to the university and to the School of Law on issues that uh, affect the student body. I participate in um, fundraisers and all sorts of activities at, at Pepperdine. I have a, a very soft place in my heart for Pepperdine as, <laughs> as being an alum. So. Absolutely. Tell me, I, I know that you have no no time for this at all, but in the rare moments when you do get a second to yourself, uh, what do you do? Or do you have uh, hobby situations or, or, or maybe quiet things that are close to your heart? Well, I like to, um, I'm very interested in music. Um, in fact, if I weren't a lawyer, I'd probably be a music critic or I would do something ah. related to music. I go to a lot of concerts. Um, and I dabble a little bit here and there in uh, guitar playing and bass playing. Oh, oh, really? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. As in, um, so as as you might sit in with certain clubs, or do you do this kind of between friends, or how does that work? No, this is in the comfort of my living room, <laughs> so no one has to hear it. Uh, I didn't say I was a good bass player or a good guitar player, but I do enjoy uh, the instruments very much. So. Outstanding, outstanding. Uh, just getting back just a, a bit, I know that uh, we covered a couple of things with regard to the contractor uh, situation. Uh, uh, let me just ask you quickly, and in the last like 10 seconds, which of course gives you no time to answer at all, uh, <laughs> uh, we talked about international uh, situations. So if you are a company or an entrepreneur who's thinking about international things such as import, export, that sort of thing, uh, your law firm would be instrumental in, in assisting with something like that for those people who are interested in, in maybe uh, doing that type of, of business. Is that right? Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Uh, and there are a number of issues that come along with that internationally, uh, especially in employment law as it relates to immigration. We have a very robust uh, uh, immigration group that can assist with that type of, um, that type of inquiry as well. So we can certainly serve uh, that type of request if anyone is interested. I'd certainly encourage them to reach out to me so I can get them in touch with the right Polsonelli attorney. Okay. And again, of course, I mentioned that she is a principal, and I want to get this right, she is a principal in the Labor and Employment Group of the L.A. Office of the National uh, Polsonelli Law Firm. So I want you to know the lady knows what she's talking about, so if you have any questions, I... I would say, please give them a number where they can reach you and ask uh, whatever question they might want to pose. Uh, I'm available here in Los Angeles at 310-556-1801. All right. Well, I thank you so much. Uh, we are speaking, of course, with uh, Carmen Cole. Uh, the law firm I'm saying is Polsonetti. And I thank you so much for being with us today on City Watch. Thanks so much for having me. The rest of you out there, believe in yourself. If you don't, no one else will.